1: During the season of giving, we'd like to offer you a little something special, and all we're asking in return is a few moments of your time. We need you to complete a short survey because your opinion matters to us and help support the show. It'll only take a couple of minutes, and if you're one of the first people to do it, we'll give you a reward in return. Just go to podcast1.study, and everything will be right there for you. That's podcast1.study. The first 150 people to complete the survey will get a $10 gift card to amazon.com. All of our shows are supported by advertisers, so filling this out will really help us. So please go to podcast1.study, and as always, thank you for supporting us the show and happy holidays from all of us at podcast one
0: five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is the Dan Patrick Show.
2: Uh, Made it to a Friday. Boys are here ready to go. It's a Traeger Mead Friday. Got a little nip in the air. We got a fire going outside the fire pit, and the Traegers are fired up as well. Uh, A lot of things to talk about. We'll recap what happened last night, look ahead to some of the games this weekend. The Heisman question that McLovin has been sitting on that he's so proud of. He's very. It's a very saucy Heisman question for you. I almost walked off after I threw it out pre-show. Yeah, I said you can't walk off before the show starts. Maybe you can walk off after, but uh, you know, hold on here for just a little bit here. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up, and your involvement, you can be involved in a variety of ways. You can dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow, and say good morning to our radio and TV partners around the country, around the world. Lamar Jackson passed Michael Vick for the single-season quarterback rushing record last night. But that's just the start of things with Jackson this year. He threw five touchdown passes last night, and granted, it's the Jets, but he now has thrown 33 touchdowns on the season. This is the third time he's thrown five touchdowns, in a game. He's got only six interceptions. Like, we're running out of ways to go, or adding question marks to his game. Well, but can he hold up? That's the one that that, that persists. Well, can he hold up? Well, so far, he took one hit last night. He did run out of bounds. And that's what I, I've said before with these mobile quarterbacks. A lot of these quarterbacks have an ego where you go, just get out of bounds. You know, the reason why RG3 slowed down greatly is because his ego got in the way, and he started taking on these defenses. And when they hit, it hurts. Lamar Jackson is a bigger version of RG3. He gets out of bounds. And as far as his passing numbers, well, make him throw outside the numbers. He loves his tight ends. You know, the fact that he, those are the go-to guys, and he throws to them more than any other position. You know, they use their tight ends more than any other team. But the Ravens have won 10 in a row. They're 12-2. and and maybe you don't look at the wins and losses right now, but the Ravens follow Lamar Jackson's lead. And the rest of the offense plays with a lot of confidence. I still think the dangerous part of the team, the offense, is Mark Ingram. Because I can game plan the best I can for Lamar Jackson. I can game plan for him, but you got to. Mark Ingram keeps you honest up the middle. And they got a couple of running backs there, they got three tight ends. Hollywood Brown gives you that deep threat there. And it's not just Lamar Jackson. And he said that. He said that after the game. He's, he said, you know, it's all about we. It's not about me. And he's going to get the individual awards. But the team award, I mean, this could be one of those great, great seasons where you saw a dominating team. And I don't think anybody saw this coming. But this is a team that, you know, they, they really debilitate you to start the game. They start out with drives. And then it feels like you're playing catch-up. But, you know, that running game, uh, the passing, the, the thing is that people have a problem with, if Lamar Jackson looked better with his throwing motion, I don't think anybody would have a problem with Lamar Jackson. It feels like they're going, yeah, he doesn't look like he throws it. I mean, there are guys who have had different throwing motions. There are guys who look great with their throwing motion. They don't always hit who they're throwing to. But Lamar Jackson is more of a sidearm. It feels like he is—he's that pitcher who can deliver it in a couple of different angles. But I don't look at it. I like to look at it and go, "Where did he throw it to? Who did he throw it to? Where did he throw it to? How tough was that throw?" But the way he is now, we're nitpicking with Lamar Jackson. But it's been a pretty incredible, you know, transformation here. Remember, the Chargers figured him out. They had the blueprint last year in the playoffs. We're still looking for that blueprint this year. And that's not to say that Andy Reid or Bill O'Brien or Bill Belichick won't come up with something because he had seven starts last year. So you had a sample size there, but also he was figuring out who he is and what that offense could be. But getting Mark Ingram, I think, was a brilliant move. And that's one that's probably not talked about enough. Uh, 13 carries, 76 yards, uh, you know, five yards per carry. You know, that's that's the great part of it. It's almost like when you watch Army play football. You, you got to, you know, three or four guys you got to count on, and you got that read option there, and that guy who runs up the middle at some point breaks it. And Mark Ingram has been great. You know, this is a guy who has been around. You know, he's been a 1,000-yard rusher. But that was impressive last night. I know it's the Jets. The defense is good, and uh, I think getting better and better. But Lamar Jackson, five touchdown passes, 33 on the year. And uh, that ties him with Vinny Testaverde for the most touchdown passes in a single season in Ravens franchise history. Wasn't long ago where we looked at the Ravens and went, they're up there on the totem pole of most boring teams. We used to make fun of the Ravens and, you know, that they were guaranteed to get like 17 points. You know, they'd win 17-13. Now, they're a high-potent offense here. Now, the Flacco era is long gone here. But this is a team that they're going to have home field advantage, it looks like. And now, you know, does Kansas City... And and I know that we brought this up at the beginning of the year, or once Lamar Jackson started to have some uh, success. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? And at the time, I said, well, I'd take Patrick Mahomes. And I would still take Patrick Mahomes, believe it or not. Because I think what Patrick Mahomes is doing... Is sustainable. I don't need anything. I, I it, it's less risk for me, and it feels like that's more sustainable. Uh, Lamar, there's still that moment though. Whenever he runs, and you hold your breath, you know. I don't worry as much about Patrick Mahomes, and I think Mahomes, they're both great. Mahomes, it feels like that is something that he can continue to do. Uh, Lamar, will defenses figure him out? You know, the key is. You have to have weapons. How's your offensive line? Do you have weapons? Mahomes has a good offensive line, and he has weapons. And he's got a good offensive-minded head coach in Andy Reid. But if you said I could have either one, absolutely. I'm fine. I'd sign up for it. It's just the Ravens went all in and said, we're creating an offense around you. The Chiefs did that too. I mean, both of these teams you know, said goodbye to veteran quarterbacks. Alex Smith was a very good quarterback. I mean, he wasn't great. He's not a Hall of Famer, not transcendent, but he was very good. Joe Flacco had a Super Bowl ring. But those coaches, those front office offices and uh, those owners said, okay, we'll, we'll build it around these players. And both of those teams have. Houston's trying to do that with Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson, to me, is more Mahomes should be more Mahomes than Lamar Jackson. Because I do worry about Deshaun Watson. You know He tries to keep a play alive. And, you know, he he's not Lamar Jackson, but then who is? This program brought to you by the great folks at True Car, they show you what other people paid for the car you want. So when you're ready to discover, buy or sell that new car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Check in with the Dallas Cowboys they got a big game with the Rams coming up. It's a big game for both. The Cowboys can lose and still, you know, they can still win their division. For the Rams, it's a playoff game. Everything's a playoff game for the Rams because they have to win. They need a little bit of help, but they need to win win out. As for the Cowboys, there's a whole lot at stake there. And as I told you a couple of days ago, a source told me that it's one thing that the Cowboys are interested in Urban Meyer. I wanted to know if Urban Meyer was interested in the Cowboys, and I was told, yes, that Urban realized, according to my source, that he was being viewed as toxic for a college job, I think in particular, the USC job. Therefore, he's, he, he's interested in, if he's coming back to coach, that he'd be coming back and coaching the Cowboys. That was the interest level.
1: Yes, Paul. It's also interesting that the Eagles kind of control the situation. The Eagles keep winning and can knock the Cowboys out. Eagles had the Redskins at the Redskins this weekend. Should be easily winnable for the Eagles. Should be. Should be. But, I mean, they kind of, uh, you know, there's only one playoff spot.
2: And then Jason Garrett trying to get his team pumped up to face the Rams. He showed highlights of the season. I think he sprinkled in highlights from last season as well. That's not a good thing. Like, I'm going to remind you guys of how great we've been. Wait, we don't have enough highlights? Uh, All right, just sprinkling something from last year. All of a sudden, I got Troy Aikman throwing a pass. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Troy didn't play for the Cowboys. What? You, not not recently. I, I need recent highlights in here. Uh, Roger Stahlbach's in here in our highlight reel. We'll talk to Tim Callishaw about that. Uh, Doug Flutie, former Heisman winner. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on. Flutie's got to look at today's NFL and go, man, I was born too early. Flutie now, you know, because back then he was too small. They didn't embrace him. He, you know, when he was with the Bears, Mike Ditka didn't like him, or didn't like. You know, you can't have a quarterback who's five ten. Nowadays, nobody cares about that. So, uh, games coming up this weekend, of course, Army-Navy, that's a must. Uh, Patriots-Bengals got a little spicier here. The the Bengals are ten point underdogs. Bears-Packers, Texans-Titans, Rams-Cowboys, Bills-Steelers. So. You know, now we have play-in games here. Feels like the playoffs are, are starting this weekend for some of these teams. And the Bills and Steelers, you know, they're battling for that playoff spot. So McLevin, give me your juicy Heisman question. I have a question first. Wait, uh, a question so before I have your a question? question-ish.
3: If Lamar Jackson has an unorthodox throwing style, who is the guy that has the perfect throwing style? It doesn't even have to be playing. Who's the guy that you look at as like, wow, that's how the prototypical throw of football. The name that jumped to my mind was Drew Bledsoe.
2: Um, no, Aaron Rodgers. But Rodgers came in the league. They said
3: he has the wrong throwing style. Remember, that's he had the Jeff Tedford. He kept the ball up by his ear. They had Too to, high. They yeah. had to
2: totally redo him. No, but I'm saying right now... Right now, okay. I, I would go Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. I'm looking at how effortless... I think Joe Namath and Warren Moon threw as good a deep ball as I've ever seen. And... There was, there was this effortless feel to them. There are certain quarterbacks where you feel like they're throwing a shot put or it really looks like they're struggling. You know, Michael Vick threw a great deep ball. He just wasn't a great thrower. You know, there are guys who have strong arms. Randall Cunningham had a strong arm. John Elway, a strong arm. You know, Joe Montana didn't have a strong arm. Steve Young didn't have a strong arm. But they had the ability. They had touch. And I'd rather have a quarterback who had touch, that ability to sense your movement to throw you open, whereas you know we think that uh, Josh Allen's got a he's got a cannon. You don't always need a cannon; you need you know, a BB gun sometimes would help out. But these guys, I'm going to throw it right through you. Nah, I don't need that. Yes, McLov. I right, on to
3: the real poll. Okay, I'll give you one Heisman vote for all the college football you've seen, and you can pick one Heisman Trophy winner. I'm opening up the field to everybody, and you, you can populate the poll with who you want. On Wait, it. this is all time? Either all time or we, we clip it in 1980 or something that we've, 1985 or something we've all seen. Hmm. It, it's got to be somebody you've seen.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: So is the question the single best college football player we've ever seen? Yes. Like they're
3: all in a room and we've got to give out one trophy. You give whatever you reward a Heisman winner for, you
4: reward this person for Heisman. Yeah, see. So this is going to be a dumb question, but this has to be a former Heisman winner, right? Like, it can't be somebody that we think got robbed. <laughs>
3: no, I, I don't know. That'd be amazing if that is the answer. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. There's one person that jumped into my head, and I think. Well, hold on. Yeah. No, I, I, we'll, we'll tease it. We'll tease it. So I got one
2: vote
1: there. I, I got a, a question. Do you think you should vote for the first image that pops in your head? Is that the answer, or should you actually think? On this topic, because I know that well, we
4: rarely think on topic, right? So I'm kind of going with the first person that popped into my head. There was one name that immediately came into my head and I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say it out loud.
2: OK, well, you'll say it out loud and embarrass yourself coming up in a couple of minutes here. Yeah, I have a name that came to mind when you said, you know, who, who's that one player you saw and you said that's the best player I ever saw. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Got some uh, holiday meet Friday songs to play for you. A few of those uh, coming up. Got our play of the day, stat of the day. Um, interesting numbers on, you know, Joe Burrow is older than Lamar Jackson. Troy Aikman brought that up last night during the, during the broadcast. Joe Burrow, I think he's 23. He turned 23 on Tuesday. That's 28 days before Lamar Jackson will turn 23 on January 7th. Whoa! Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. It's happened just twice before that the Heisman winner was older than that season's NFL MVP. 1957, Jim Brown was the MVP of the NFL uh, at 21 years of age. John David Crow of Texas A&M was 22 when he won the Heisman. In 2000, Chris Wenke was 28. Marshall Falk was 27. All right, so we'll come back. We'll uh, come up with an answer to that uh, poll question. A few other things to get to. We'll check in with Tim Callishaw. When's Callishaw joining us, Todd?
5: He's going to join us in the final hour.
2: Okay, final hour. Doug Flutie will join us uh, coming up in an hour from now. And your phone calls are always welcome. It's 16 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show.
1: Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's GEICO. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, GEICO. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of GEICO for a long time. And in five, four, i I'm out.
0: Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life.
2: I hang around for a little bit. Then I go home. Then I come back because I have all of these calendars to sign. Self-addressed stamped envelopes. If you uh, send those to Mario, we want to make sure that you give us enough time to get those calendars back to you. But uh, we've probably signed a few hundred here that you've sent back. But I think we sold over 2,500 of these calendars there. And Mario loves when you send those in the mail. He really does. It's a heartwarming moment when you see that little guy when he gets the mail, and he's so excited, and he's so proud. He wants to show us how many calendars we need to sign. Uh, so please do that. I was mentioning how the Ravens, they start out, and, and it just feels like you know they, they dominate you from the beginning. And I was wondering what the stats are for the Ravens scoring a touchdown on each of their first three drives. They've done that four times this season. That's, that's the most by any team in the last 40 years. They score touchdowns on each of their first three drives. They've done that four times this year. You can't get out from underneath that because then all of a sudden, you don't make Lamar Jackson one-dimensional. They get out in front of you. Uh, the defense has helped out because now they've made you a little bit more one-dimensional, But you know just another way that the ravens get out in front of you how many games have they won so they won 10 in a row mclevin
3: yeah they were 2 and 2 i believe and now they're 12 and 2
2: i still go back to that browns loss like that's the one where and it feels like every year even a great team has one of those games like when the when the dolphins beat the patriots and you go how did that happen and then you win the super bowl now the ravens had that game against the browns and the browns look like they were the team to beat in the AFC. Yes, McLovin.
3: You know, I feel like the Chiefs were kind of where the Ravens were at this point last year, and the Patriots were down just like they are down now last year. Like, I, I remember coming into that game. remember they had the Chargers at home. We we weren't sure that the Patriots were still the Patriots, or am I imagining that? Um, it, it feels like... Hmm. The Ravens are a little better than the Chiefs were at this point, but not much. The Chiefs had every angle to get in last year. Well, we still
2: question their defense with the Chiefs, but the offense was so good that we felt like they're going to they're gonna outscore you. Um, and, and you know what? They almost eliminated the Patriots by, you know, that it was going to be a great play by the defense turned out to be a bad play by the defense offsides and that, uh, you know, took away the interception there. Uh, you know the Chiefs' defense is getting better. It's just their offense isn't what it was the previous year. Where the Ravens, it feels like the offense is better this year, and that defense has gotten better every single uh, week as well. Yeah, McLevin.
3: I also, and I'm only kind of saying this: you picked them for the Super Bowl. But the Chargers had a better team than the Patriots last year. They were 12 and four, but the stupid seating system made them go out to Foxborough in the yeah. divisional round. Yeah. The Chiefs had. If that game was in wherever they played last year. Uh, LA I guess. Yeah. I don't know the Patriots could beat the Chargers necessarily. So it kind of all worked out. Uh fewest
2: starts before you win an MVP. Now I'm just talking about quarterbacking position. What what's the fewest starts? How many how many starts did Mahomes have in in uh did he have just one? Did he come in for Alex Smith? Right. And then he had 16 starts. Yeah,
1: so Patrick Mahomes is second all-time. 17 starts before winning his first MVP. Uh, Lamar Jackson will have 23 starts. Okay. But there's someone who had only 16 starts before winning his first MVP. Is this a quarterback? It is a quarterback. Dan Marino's up there with 25 starts, Ken Stabler, but only one person did it faster than Mahomes as far as starts. When I tell you the answer, you're like, oh, I got it.
2: Uh, Recent? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Exactly 20 years. Exactly 20 years ago. Kurt Warner. Oh, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get it. I wouldn't have guessed it. I didn't know how many starts that he had prior to coming in for Trent Green. He had not started a game. No. And then he came in during the season. All 16 starts
1: were his that year. Because remember, Trent Green got injured in, in pre-season. the preseason. In preseason, right. And then they said, well, the season's over. Kurt Warner, this former Iowa barnstormer, is coming in. And then he just lit it up. Man.
2: So Lamar Jackson is going to be second on that list? He'll oh, be, no. Uh, yeah. uh, no, Mahomes had 17 stars. Right, and then Jackson will be third all time. Man. Yes, McLovin. I try to think. Marino did it pretty early in his career, too. But I think he had That was
3: his, his second year. Did he start all of his first year?
2: I don't, even. I don't think he started. I think it uh, was Don Strzok. And Woodley. Yep. Don Strzok may have started, then Marino came in. By the way, check out the uh, DP Show app, The uh, all the gifts we have uh, for Christmas. you got to place your order by December 18th, and uh, you're going to love what we have there. Great prices there. Uh, we got the uh, one-of-a-kind RC Design long-sleeve DP Show t-shirt. If you're a fan of watching the show, then you know what RC did with uh, the man cave, certainly the basketball area there. He's the street artist who did all of those uh, great renderings, uh, Tom Brady and Shaq and LeBron James, Babe Ruth. He did all of those and actually did those in 11 days. Uh, but he did a uh, uh, RC design, long sleeve t-shirt that uh, you can get in, uh, in time for the holidays. All right. Give me your uh, question there, McLevin. Again. Okay.
3: You get an all time Heisman vote. Okay. Uh, who should we put? Say, well, let's do five names. We can fit more if we need to, who would go on that poll. Right. And the question, too, is do you, do you limit to a
2: time? Because None of us saw O.J. Simpson live. But, see, I would say O.J. Simpson because that – he was and, – and I think, you know, being younger, it stood out uh, because I had not seen a football player like that. And when I saw O.J. play against Ohio State – I I was just seeing something, you know, Gale Sayers was similar when he was with the Bears, but I was seeing somebody, and Jim Brown was a, a great running back, obviously, but there was more force to him, more power to him. As far as grace and power, O.J. Simpson was unbelievable. So I would say him, but I'm older than you guys, so O.J. would probably come to mind. Well, let's go around the room. Paulie, I'll start with you.
1: First name that went in my head, and I stuck with it after doing some research, it's Herschel Walker of Georgia. Okay, Three years, everybody knew he was getting the ball. Everybody knew it. He was the only weapon they really had. 1,600 yards, 1,900 yards, 1,800 yards. He outrushed his quarterback's passing all three years. His last year in college, 1,700 yards. The team only passed for 907. Everybody knew he was getting the ball. He was the face of the
2: sport, Herschel Walker. But he didn't get the Heisman. In his first year, when I thought he deserved, you could have given the Heisman to Herschel a couple of times. That's right. I mean, I. But you're right. I mean, we all think of that play, that run against Tennessee when Bill Bates tries to tackle him and it doesn't go well. I saw Herschel in person in college uh, at a game in Athens, and once again, you're seeing somebody that big, that fast, and you know this was the precursor to Bo Jackson, and then you saw Bo. And Bo is an even better athlete than Herschel and more explosive than Herschel because Herschel didn't have any real wiggle to him. Bo, Bo could beat you. He could beat you up the middle and he could beat you on the edge as well. But uh, if it's not O.J. Simpson for me, it would have been Bo Jackson. Yeah, Paul.
1: I was in on Bo Jackson, but Bo Jackson had like a season with 1,200 yards. Then his junior year, remember, he had a bunch of thigh injuries and sat basically a lot of games. And he had 475 yards. Then he came back and had 1,800 yards and put a bow on his career. The other guy I would have said would have been uh, um, Barry Sanders, but he did it for one year. His one year was the nuttiest. Yeah. But it's one year.
2: I was really fortunate because I became friends with Barry his junior year at Oklahoma State and did a feature on him and stayed in touch. Well, I'm still in touch with Barry Sanders. You know, we we look at Lamar Jackson, how he deflects any praise. Barry never got praise, even from his own dad, because his dad would always remind Barry Sanders, you're not Jim Brown. And, and, and so Barry just grew up realizing he would never be the best running back in his dad's eyes because his dad would remind him, you're no Jim Brown. To which Barry said, I know, I'm no Jim Brown. But uh, I was there when, when Bo Jackson won his Heisman. I covered that. And I remember he had such a stutter, like he wasn't comfortable in front of the media. Uh, He's gotten a whole lot better. But I remember that was the thing that when we were interviewing him, that I was asked that, you know, you got to be patient with him because he has a hard time answering questions because of a stutter. McLevin, what do you have for me? Well, then it's fine. The name that jumped into my head was Tim Tebow immediately. Um, really? Just
3: because he encapsulated a lot of what the Heisman is about. You know, it's all the cliches, but like the speech, two titles. The other, one that yeah, jumped my, were great. the other one that jumped in my head because he won two titles, and I just had to look it up. He didn't win a Heisman. It was Tommy Fraser with Nebraska. When I was into college football, he was in total control.
2: I think he might be the greatest winner at that position.
3: He did. I don't think he won the
2: award. No, no, no. I'm yeah. saying the greatest winner. Oh, right. Be, right. Because I think from his freshman year, like all four years at Nebraska, Tommy Frazier was spectacular. He was one of those, what do you need me to do each game? And he gave it to you. And he was just slippery. Yes, McLeod.
3: Couple of, uh, Vince Young's
2: Rose Bowl year was crazy. If you do one year and Cam Newton's but one, but I year. don't think you remember much about Vince Young except for the Rose Bowl. One game. Yeah, yeah. I know
3: that's what. But I th- I think he had like an insane year too. Uh, yes, he did. That was the greatest performance. And Cam Newton's one year, I remember, just he could not be stopped in any way, shape, or form. But I remember that one as we
2: thought he was going to be suspended. And I
3: hung over the whole thing. Yeah, we yeah. were
2: we were on campus there for the Georgia game, Paulie and I, and, and we didn't know if he was going to play. Remember, he came running. <laughs> no one knew
1: it hadn't been announced, and he came running out after
4: the, the eagle flew around. The place went berserk. <laughs> Seton, you got one. Uh, first name that popped into my mind was Tim Tebow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, right, it seems kind of obvious. Maybe there's some recency bias there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically for everything Andrew just said, there's no denying uh, his impact on college football and the force that he was.
2: I, I would say Manziel over Tebow because Manziel to me was a he was a weekly highlight reel. Tebow didn't give you great highlights. He great you know he was on a great team and gave you great numbers and really epitomizes what you want in a Heisman Trophy winner. Absolutely, and Manziel probably does it. But Manziel every single week that was must see TV. And while Florida was must-see TV because you were watching future pros, Manziel, you were watching something you'd never seen before. Yeah,
4: You know, the next name that popped into my head, though, uh, was a guy who didn't get the Heisman, though, which is where it came from. And I have no idea why he – I I mean, I know he made a big impact on me as a kid thinking about him, but Rocket Ishmael, he was just unbelievable. And he was – I was, I don't know, maybe 11, 12 years old, and I remember watching him against Michigan – Ran two back, just going nuts, going absolutely berserk, getting the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, I think he lost to Ty Detmer, which is no doubt uh, he deserved the Heisman. But man, it would have been pretty sweet to. Uh, that was a special, special time of
2: football. And I also think when you're younger, it's there's more of an impact. Whereas as you get older, you're not as invested. You you may not have a team that you follow. You're you're a little more jaded.
4: Just the excitement of waiting for every kickoff to see, like, all right, is he going to do it? Yeah. Hey, you waited on every single one to see, like, okay, this is it. He's going to go. Yeah, Paul. And if you think about it, Rocket Ismail
1: was one flag away from having the greatest ending to a career, maybe any career. Right? He had a punt return against Colorado. Colorado's number one, Notre Dame's number five. They're in the mix because that's when they judged. Yeah. Notre Dame and Rocket Ismail, they didn't kick it out of bounds. They kicked it to him, and there was a flag just a few feet away from the play. I think Ted Johnson got clipped. Or Rocket Ismail punt returns yeah. a game-winning touchdown to win a national title. Was that Bill McCartney?
5: Yep.
4: I want to say that's when I learned what clipping was. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> what, what the hell is that? Oh. Terrible call. I know. <laughs> Todd, you got one.
5: I initially thought Herschel or Bo Jackson, but I think Eddie George is a name that should definitely oh. be included in the uh, list. If no, remember.
2: he doesn't have anything exciting.
5: I thought, he had t- I-, I thought he had. some huge runs for Ohio State. I thought he was dominant. Did he win by default that year? Did they just got to give? No, to him Eddie a was a
2: great running back, but I-, I don't think there was anything spectacular about him. Like John Brockington was a great Ohio State running back. But, you know, I just think because of that position at that university, the running back was going to be featured there. Yeah, Paul.
1: Eddie George did have 1,500 yards, then 1,900 yards in back-to-back seasons.
2: He was great. I just, there was nothing memorable about his style. Yeah, Paul. When I grew up, the first play, like where
1: Seton saw a person, I was watching a Michigan-Purdue game, and I was probably 10 years old, and Michigan had a wide receiver named Anthony Carter. He was number one. He was bone thin. He wore no knee pads. He had like the roll ups before they had the roll ups. And he just unleashed the fury on
2: Purdue and just crushed him. I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but I love him. He was so thin. And he never got bigger. I remember covering him in the USFL. And <laughs> you're going, and the Vikings. And you go, how does that guy survive out there? Uh, Joe Burrow's going to win the Heisman Trophy. The question is, what, what's. What's less in doubt, Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow? Is it a tie, right? Well, it feels like Joe Burrow's going to run away with it. Is Lamar Jackson going to run away with this? I actually don't think Lamar can lose it at this point. I, I think it's all over. He could even have two average games with a loss. But is he going to have... I don't know what the largest margin of victory for the MVP is. Have, do we even keep track of that? Have we had a unanimous NFL MVP? I'm not sure. I don't even even
3: know who votes for it. Is that an AP? NFL MVP In some years. We don't even take notice of it, right? No. It's become more of a thing lately, but
2: it used to be like, ah, we'll give it to Brady. Ah, we'll give it to Manning. Who knows? Yeah. But OJ has the largest margin of victory. And then it's Troy Smith over Darren McFadden. Charlie Ward over Heath Shuler. Desmond Howard over Casey Weldon. And Ricky Williams over Michael Bishop, who played at uh, K State. Yes, Paul.
1: Of 50 possible votes for MVP last year, Patrick Mahomes got 41. Drew Brees got nine. Hmm. That's that's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, ton. I would think
5: Burrow would be more of a landslide, also because they're done, and uh, he can only go down from here. It's like that student that has like all A's. You know, can he even do better than he's doing? He could only slip a little bit over these next three weeks. And what if a, a Russell Wilson or someone just does something incredible over these next few weeks, just to shorten the margin a little bit? Yeah.
2: There was a great moment last night. Mark Ingram, Heisman Trophy winner, interviewing Lamar Jackson, Heisman Trophy winner, after the game. This is where Aaron Andrews did the smart thing. She gave the microphone to Mark Ingram, and Mark Ingram has been Lamar Jackson's biggest cheerleader. You know, it's almost like they're a traveling team, those two together. And uh, here is Mark Ingram interviewing Lamar Jackson after they won the division.
1: Man, you broke Mike Vick's rushing record, man! You the AFC North champions for the second year in a row. How I feel, man? Tell me how I feel. Am freaky? Um, it feel good, but you know we got a lot of season left to play, and we got we got two more um, banners to hang up. And, so you telling me the story unwritten, unwritten right now? Book unfinished. Right. Congratulations, brother, on breaking Mike's Vick record and being the goat, the MVP that you are. It's
3: appreciate it, brother.
2: It's like the straight man and the comedian there. Lamar Jackson's twenty-two. Just ready to turn 23. I mean, that's amazing. Like, he has composure. Uh, It's not about him. But the other thing, and, and we'll talk about this, you know, after the commercial break here. We got our play of the day coming up. Were the Ravens the one team that the geniuses who understood how great Lamar Jackson was? Because they almost didn't draft him in the first round. And if it wasn't the Ravens, who would have taken Lamar Jackson? We'll talk about that coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show.
5: Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now back to the show.
0: Five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on the go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, Strawberry Banana and Tropical Burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play, the of, the play. of the day. Runner left, side got it. Play of the day. Check this out. Jackson takes the snap, fakes the handoff, runs to the right, tucks inside the ten, and he's hit hard at the six-yard line. And he'll be stopped there, but the pickup is enough to give Lamar Jackson the single-season rushing record for a quarterback in NFL history. Welcome to the fresh new page in the record book that reads
2: only Lamar Jackson. Ravens Radio Network. A little Bruce Springsteen born to run, and he was running in New Jersey against the Jets. Lamar Jackson finishes with 86 yards rushing, five touchdown passes, and they clinch the AFC North. The Ravens will travel to the Browns next week. And I mentioned this yesterday prior to the game. You're going to see load management, I think, with Lamar Jackson. I think at some point, you know, John Harbaugh is going to say, I want you rested, ready to go. And as long as we have home field advantage, then, you know, I'm going to let Lamar. He's already put up his big numbers. He's going to win the MVP. And I think that John Harbaugh is going to probably start to limit some of his playing time. Play of the Day brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. This is a great Christmas gift. If you're thinking about one of those stocking stuffers and you're going, what can I get my husband or boyfriend? Dollar Shave Club, or if you want to just get it for yourself, the ultimate shave starter set, everything you need for an amazing shave. And you can see for yourself, starting at $5. After that, restock box ships regular-sized products at regular prices. Get yours at Patrick. You can get it a couple of times a year. You can get it once a month if you want. But uh, great gift there, Dollar Shave Club. Now we got people saying, it's a damn shame no one's mentioned. Hands down, the most exciting player I ever saw in college football growing up, Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush is up there. Absolutely. I think forgotten a little bit. Um, because of the uh, scandal at USC, but Reggie Bush, that was must-see TV. But that entire team was, that offense was, it was must-see TV. You know, there's a lot of, you know and a lot of this has to do with when you grew up. And, you know, when I was growing up, you didn't get to see all of the teams. You might see them one time. And growing up in Ohio, I saw Ohio State football and didn't realize at the time, but when somebody says three yards in a cloud of dust is your game plan? And I'm like, yeah. And then all of a sudden you go, no, that's so damn boring. And when I saw USC with OJ Simpson and I went, uh-oh, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And OJ was that first, and and Jim Brown, you know, when he ran, but I didn't see him at Syracuse, but when he was with the Cleveland Browns, but OJ was probably that guy because of the age that I was watching and I'd seen something for the first time, something that was different in uh, college football. Yeah, Paulie.
1: One guy that really stands out to me, he only played one year really of college football, one and a half years, Marcus Dupree at Oklahoma. He was just after Herschel Walker and right around the time of Bo Jackson. He was 6'3", 230, and ran fast. like He was. Like, he had like track speed. And he's, he's the one guy where I said, oh, I, even Herschel didn't do that. In his only one year, though, basically.
2: Yeah. Uh, Fritchie just sent me the the least deserving Heisman winners?
5: It's a little mean-spirited. Do we want to do that today?
2: It's kind of... I mean, I, I don't mind being on the list if I want a Heisman trophy. Doesn't it feel like whenever somebody says, uh, well, he's no Gino Toretta. Like, Gino Toretta won... He wasn't the best player on his own team. Miami in 19... Whatever, 92. Uh, but if I'm looking at this list here... It feels like Jason White, doesn't he come up? Is he is he tops on the least deserving Heisman winners? He's right up there.
1: Is this list, though, tainted with the fact that they didn't have great pro careers and that seeps into what they did in college?
2: Yes. Because Jason White crushed it. But Paul Horning's on this list, and Paul Horning, the golden boy, although he never deserved that. They won, I think, two games that year at Notre Dame. They were 2-8, and eight, and he won. Jim Brown, Paul Horning should have... Should have run to give the Heisman to Jim Brown that year, man. Yeah, I forgot all about. I mean, Jim Brown was was great. Um, he finished fifth in the Heisman that year. Uh, let me see, Gary Beban at UCLA, nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching Gary Beban. Uh, Archie Griffin, nineteen seventy-five. Arch won it back-to-back year seventy-four and seventy-five. But I'm always curious. I thought Ricky Bell, USC, deserved it one of those years. I thought Ricky Bell was he was awesome. He had almost two thousand yards. He he was great. Uh, so Ricky Bell lost to Archie Griffin the following year. He lost to Tony Dorsett when Pittsburgh won that uh, national title. There, uh, Gino Toretta is on there. I'm always curious. Who lost in these, like Marshall Falk, right? But wasn't Marshall a freshman that year? And that would drive me crazy. Well, you can't give it to a freshman. That's right. I, I was like, is he the best college player in America? He had a 350 yards in a game as a freshman. Yeah. Marshall Falk deserved the Heisman Trophy. Eric Crouch at Nebraska when he won. Um, he was really good. I mean, I mean, there was a, there was a Manziel feel to Eric Crouch that he... He rushed for 1,000 a, a yards, and he threw for 1,500 yards. I mean, he Rex Grossman. Did Rex Grossman finish runner-up for the Heisman that year? Does that sound right? Yeah, pulling. Eric Crouch got helped out because he had a great moment. He
1: caught a touchdown pass yeah. for a long play and also had like a 95-yard scramble. He had a couple of big plays on national television that put him over the top.
2: Uh, Mark Ingram won the Heisman. I voted for Toby Gerhardt that year. Toby Gerhardt rushed for eighteen hundred yards at Stanford twenty eight touchdowns, but uh that i think is that the closest vote ever Ingram, i believe Ingram, so. over Toby gerhardt yeah, I think so but you could say that Dominn Sue was the best player in college football that year uh, that year uh charles woodson when Charles Woodson won the Heisman, that's when Peyton didn't win it uh Charles Woodson got it um Trying to think if I mean, Charles Woodson, they're they're both Hall of Famers, if you're factoring that in. Like Tim Brown won with Notre Dame in 1987. I guess he's also on that list. Trying to think who else. Lorenzo White at Michigan State. Craig Ironhead Hayward at Pittsburgh. They were really good. Uh, Thurman Thomas at Oklahoma State was really good that year. But Jason White, I don't know if... He's probably number one on the list. He won it at Oklahoma. Um Larry Fitzgerald and Eli Manning, those were the guys who were competing. I'm trying to think if there was – like, we didn't know how great Larry Fitzgerald was. If we we looked at it now looking back, you'd go, well, you'd give it to Larry Fitzgerald. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, McLevin.
3: Now, my system argument comes in with a lot of these guys. Starting with Jason White. First of all, he was doing against Big 12 defenses – he had 40 touchdowns and 10 picks, but in that offense, everybody did. They were churning.
2: Well, wait. So Baker shouldn't get it and Kyler shouldn't get it? Well, if that's what you're saying. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm
3: mouth, asking you. Well, I mean, I, Baker I, and Kyler's success is a big part of that's Lincoln Riley. i 1,000% convinced of that. Okay. I mean, I don't even think that's a hot take. That Yeah, it's, it can't be coincidence there were two Oklahoma transfer quarterbacks to win the Heisman and a third who's fourth this year. But, I mean, come on. Jason White... Even Crouch to some extent, Troy Smith. Like a lot of these guys were in like these great systems, these spread offenses.
2: I don't know if Troy Smith was. Is Vince Young the best player to never win the Heisman? He didn't win. No. (gasps) He threw for 3,000 yards. He rushed for 1,000 yards. That's when Reggie Bush beat him. Ooh. He had 38 total touchdowns. Peyton's got to be in there. How about Deion Sanders? Jim Brown?
6: Jordan here. I know a lot of you create your own podcasts and a lot of you already have one like me. I obviously love what I do. It's taken a lot of hard work to get to this point of success. You shouldn't have to pay fees for platform hosting, distribution, analytics, Or fees to create a podcast, you need to be able to focus on producing the best show possible. Now, Podcast One, that's a network I'm on, they have Launchpad Digital Media or Launchpad DM for short. So it's free, includes unlimited hosting, full control of distribution, you have access to a full dashboard with analytics, again, totally free. You own everything by the way. You own your content, you own your subscribers, no tricky stuff there and you get your own show page on launchpaddm.com for people to listen to and subscribe to your show. It's the only hosting platform brought to you by the leading network, Podcast One. Podcast One will promote the site, drive people to discover your podcast, and if your show grows... You could even be invited to join Podcast One's all-star roster, which includes people like Adam Carolla, Caitlin Bristow, Shaq, Lady Gang, and, of course, me, Jordan Harbinger. I'm there, too. You also get access to their production and sales support. So with all this completely free, don't use other hosting platforms. Why would you need to? Learn more or sign up now at launchpaddm.com. And don't forget to check out the Jordan Harbinger Show.
0: Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life.